Welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen, and I'm so glad you're here. So I thought I would talk tonight about um, something that occurred recently, and I'm still processing things, so I'm not quite sure what to do with all of my processing, but... um, you know, certainly it talking about it, I think, helps. Um, I've started to get very involved in the adoptee world uh, through Instagram, through some um, some support groups. It's been very interesting uh, finding more people that think like me, that feel like me, probably around the same age as me, simply having some of the same experiences. And I also had the opportunity, I think I talked about this before, um, I had the opportunity to go home to Michigan and I met my other brother. So the only one that I hadn't met yet uh, that has only known about me for a couple of years. It was right before, right before COVID that he learned about me. And of course it wasn't safe to go visit, um, during COVID. So this was the first opportunity that we had and what a, what a whirlwind of emotions. Um, Wow, I, you know, I, I had started thinking of, of kind of how I wanted this to happen and, and what I had in my mind. Um, I had met my first brother. Uh, he would have been the oldest of the boys. I met him a few years ago. Um, he was playing in a basketball tournament and had asked me to come. And so it was this kind of awkward meeting initially. And we've had some great chances to get to know one one another, be there for each other. Um, you know, it. Uh, he's had some pretty major things happening in his life since we have been in contact, and I I'm thankful that he knew he could count on me and rely on me uh, when he needed when he needed support, and. Um, you know, so it, that was, that was all great. And him and I have been working on that relationship and at least part of my heart was satiated. And because as I've said before, when I've talked about adoption, the only thing that I cared about, um, if my first family rejected me again, the only thing I cared about was my brothers. And even if nothing else worked out, as long as I could build a relationship with the two of them, and that's all I needed. That's, that's the family that I, um, that I wanted, that I've always wanted. And so when my other brother and I had started making arrangements for this trip. So it was supposed to be the three of us uh, getting together for the first time ever. 
Um, and the one brother uh, ran into a few things and he had to cancel his trip to Michigan. So he lives down in Tennessee. Um, and so things happened and he couldn't make the trip. But I decided since my parents were heading down to Florida soon, they always go down in November, uh, this was still a good time for me to go visit them. So I would kind of kill two birds with one stone and go down there, see them, um, and then meet my brother at the same time. And if it was just that easy, it would be great. Um, so first... I had arrangements with the three of us. We were going to meet together. That didn't work out. Then my dearest friend was trying to get time off to be able to come with me to support and kind of be there for me because, you know, it's a, whether the, the guys realize it or not, this is a pretty big thing. Um, and I'm sure they, they realize it in their own way. I, I know one of them listens to my podcast. So Josh, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm sorry, I always talk about you guys. Um, but I, I think they know on some level that this is a big thing. Um, we've never talked about it too much. Um, as far as like how they feel or how they, uh, how they're processing thing. I know, I, I know my, my one brother, Josh is, um, or has been angry in the past with his mom, with my first parents, uh, for not telling them about me. So I wasn't quite sure what to expect doing this alone. And as much as my friend tried to get time off, she could not get time. So, you know, here I was tackling this on my own. And to say that I was nervous and amp apprehensive and worried is an understatement. I, I really struggled with that for a few days. Um, and if, if that's all it was, that would have still ended up being a great story. But of course, that is not how it all goes. So when I got to town, I had messaged my brother and I was like, so um, I'm in town. It was a Saturday. And I'm like, essentially, I have Saturday night, all day Sunday, all day Monday, and if necessary, Tuesday morning. That's the time that I have. What works best for you? And it took a while for me to get an answer. Um, and when he did, first it was like, okay, let's meet on Sunday. That's great. So Saturday night we did a dinner. It was great with my folks at least. Um, and Sunday I had messaged him and then he sent a reply and just said, you know what, tomorrow will work better. Okay, so Monday it is. Well, one thing about Michigan that I didn't realize and is so different from Wisconsin is all these restaurants that are struggling to find people to work, well, they're open on the weekends because that's where the money's made. But then they close Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because they were open all weekend. So when my brother had said, let's meet Monday morning, 
um, I was like, great, let's let's find somewhere. So I looked up the town that he lived in, and it's a relatively small town. Uh, it's the next town outside of where he grew up, and they have a handful of restaurants. Um, and of course, <sighs> you know, it's one of those things where my dad's like, oh, I swear there was a... Um, uh, big Boys, which was really big in the Midwest when I was growing up. And I'm like, I thought they closed all the Big Boys. No, there's a Big Boys there. And I look, and it, sure enough, it's no longer a Big Boy. It was bought out by somebody else. And I said, well, that doesn't open until Wednesday. And every single place that I had looked at was closed. And I was trying to figure out what to do. And so I had said, I had asked him if he wanted to come my way, wanted me to go out his way meet in the middle, kind of what was the plan. And I hadn't, I didn't hear back from him. And so I'm looking for plans on what to do with my parents on Monday before I head home and worrying about this time that we were supposed to meet. And I still wasn't hearing back from him. So that was causing me to stress out pretty bad. Um, And then I was getting upset because then I thought, you know, all of this, if he doesn't respond, then all of this is for nothing. Um, And so my parents and I had planned on going to this little animal farm petting zoo place just north of the town that he lived in. And so I kind of resigned myself for if he answers, great, we're going to meet him somewhere. If he doesn't, you know, I guess that's just the way it is. And we're going to keep going north to this place that we're going to. So I get my parents up really early Monday morning. We're getting ready to head out. And I hear from him and he says, how about uh, after I drop the kids off at school and will that work? And so I was like, yep, it'll work. It's going to take me about an hour to get out there. So we head out there. I found a place called um, Tropical Cafe Smoothies or something like that. And it was literally one of the only places I could find that had food that was open. And so my parents said, we'll drop us off at McDonald's. We'll go in. We'll sit there for however long you need. And then when you guys are done, come get us. And then we'll go off on our way. So I get to this town pull up into McDonald's to drop my parents off. It's raining. And big sign on McDonald's says drive through open only. The restaurant itself is closed. So I'm like, well, now what the hell do I do? So I turn around and there's a Myers there. So I drove my parents over to Myers and dropped them off and said, I'll be back when I'm back. So they meandered around Myers for hours. Poor folks. Um, and my brother... Uh, Well, I'm sitting there outside this tropical smoothie cafe place and I'm messaging with my friend. And, and so I, you know, I was like, do I go in? Do I stay out here in my car? What's the proper protocol? (laughs) I don't know what to do. And then I saw him pull up and I was like, oh shit, he's here. And so he gets there and we both get out of our vehicles and we walk inside and I said to the girl behind the counter, I said, um, 
I saw that you have like three breakfast items here. And she's like, well, we're actually out of eggs and we don't have this. And so I, I turned around to John and I said, well, looks like it is a healthy liquid breakfast for us this morning because he was even trying to find another place to go and there wasn't anything open. So we sat down, I bought him a smoothie, sat down there and for the next two and a half hours, we started that awkward phase of starting to get to know someone who essentially were complete strangers. Um, we share DNA, but we didn't grow up together. So we need to, to learn how to have that relationship. And I asked him at one point, I said, so how do you feel about all of this? Like, what, what do you feel? And he just looked at me and he said, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that I have a sister. And I can tell you that there is nothing in the world that makes my heart burst more than hearing my brothers call me their sister. Josh does it a lot. He he always will say something, sis, sister. Um, thank God he doesn't say sissy because I would have to punch him. I can't stand that. But anyway, um, you know, I my heart literally explodes every time I hear it. And it makes me feel like family. Like for the first time, I have family. And nothing against my adoptive family because they did the best that they could. They raised me the best way that they knew how. But ultimately, you know, adoption is a series of grief milestones of grieving the family that you could have had, the life you would have had. And I will forever be thankful for the life that I had because I think I had opportunities that I would have never gotten otherwise. But it was a life I, I it was a different life. It doesn't mean it was better necessarily, but it was different. And I missed out on the opportunity to grow up with my brothers. Um, yes, I was much older than them, so I would have been like junior high-ish when they were born. Um, but, you know, it's it's still, they would have been my brothers right from the beginning. And I knew about them when I was 18-ish. Um, and so they were like six and three or something. So I had to wait for quite a few years for them to get old enough to understand to, um, you know, thankfully Josh had found me uh, because I didn't feel right going to them. But I, I missed out on that opportunity. And whether it's, it would have been a happy home or a bad home, I don't know, but it was still my home. And that part is still hard to reconcile. And the fact that money was exchanged for an infant, um, I, I, you know, I don't know. So... I could go down that rabbit hole all day. And I'm still wrapping my brain around some of those things um, and how I feel about all of it. 
and what I feel versus just other things that I read and I see. Um, but in talking with other adoptees, it's amazing how much our stories are like. And the one thing that I... So growing up, I had a couple of friends who were adopted. Um, I didn't meet them until I was older. There was one friend in particular. Her name is Marianne. Um, and we were inseparable. Uh, growing up, we were out at uh, this uh, summer resort place. We would go out there every year. She would go there with her grandparents. And she was uh, from Korea. And we would always talk in these imagine ifs and, you know, uh, there were so much alike and she went off to the Marines. I went off to the army. Um, and she ended up taking her life and I didn't know about it for a few years. And I actually just found out a couple of years ago. Um, and I still wish that I could have been there and talked her through some of those struggles. Um, I don't know if it was more military-related, if it was adoptee-related, um, but we are uh, also on the eve of uh, adopt Adoptee Remembrance Day, which is October 30th. And that's when we remember all those adoptees that have gone through everything that they've gone through, um, who share similar stories and experiences, who had no way out other than to take their life. And as someone that has struggled with that for many, many years, um, you know, that's, that's a, a cause very near and dear to my heart. It's a, a day that I will spend thinking of Marianne and wondering if there was more that I could have done. I will think about the things that I've gone through in my life and the paths that I have been on for many years and how one step in a different direction would have led to very different results. And, you know, it's not easy, I think, to say or to talk to people about some of these feelings and whether it's therapy or talking with friends or talking with others that you can connect with. It's just important to know that you're not alone. And I think that's what, at least for myself, I struggle with a lot that I feel very, very much alone. And so the other night, as I'm reflecting on all of these things and thinking about my brothers and thinking about Marianne and thinking about my journey to who I am today, um, I went to go get a, a new tattoo, Tattoo Tuesday. And I had thought a long time, I thought I had known what I wanted. So I have an upper part of my sleeve, which is sort of um, Asian-inspired. It, it, there's a tree on there that um, my partner's mother, I used to see this tree in the fields on the way up to her house. And 
when she passed away, it was kind of my way of honoring that memory uh, that I don't get to see every day. And um, so I had initially thought that I was going to continue on that sleeve with a giant koi fish. And that's sort of been my plan for years. And now that I have met both of my brothers, and I've had a few weeks to reflect on that and to kind of process it, and I, I still don't think I've processed it completely, but um, I decided to honor this whole process that I've been through and do that with this tattoo. So I, in my mind, knew what I wanted. And so I explained to my tattoo artist, I said, I want an old school map. Think of just an old kind of yellowing, um, ripped up, torn edges, uh, faded in spots map. And I want to have a regular compass and a nautical compass. And because that sort of symbolizes my whole life in searching, in waiting for my brothers, in finding them. Um, It just, it means so much to me. And then I also decided to add our birthdays to my tattoo. So I have each brother's birthday in Roman numerals going one direction. There's, There's our horizontal And then there's a vertical line that has my birthday intersecting both of them. And this is probably going to be my most, um, the the tattoo that means the most. I mean, I've got, I have other ones that mean something. I, I don't believe in putting something on my skin if it doesn't mean anything. Well, except for one, but I was really young and I was in college, so that doesn't count. Um... And it, it means a lot to me. And every moment in that chair, as this started to come together, just reminded me of every moment that I had waited and searched and hoped for what I have today. And I am so thankful that I am here to be able to have um, a story to tell to be able to start to get to know my brothers and build up that relationship. We may have lost 20-some years. Um, The youngest one is 28, so (laughs) we may have lost 28 years. Um, But we have many, many years to go. And I'm really looking forward to getting to know them as my brothers as fathers to their children, um, as husbands to their wives. I, I'm just excited to watch them grow into the men that they are and that they will become. So I couldn't wait to share this with, with the world um, of what an exciting month October was for me. Um, It's just taken me a really long time to process all of this and try to get some words out. Uh, And I'm sure over time that's going to continue to evolve a bit. But for now, this is what I've got. So thank you for listening. Take care and be well.